Hello everyone, welcome to the Gen Z Economist Show. I'm your host, Jarrett Templeton, and in today's show, we're going to be taking a look at exotic dancers. <laughs> well, not exactly. We're going to be taking a look at the strip club index and other strange in economic indicators that let us know where the economy's going without having to look at potentially manipulated government statistics. So let's go ahead and jump into it. The reason you're all here, the stripper index. So what is the stripper index? Well, we're going to keep it family friendly here. And uh, basically, the stripper index is the idea that exotic dancers and, you know, people that work at strip clubs have their finger a little bit closer to the pulse of the economy than maybe the average Joe and Jane. Now, why is that the case? Well, a lot of business people will maybe attend higher end strip clubs and spend their money there. Maybe they'll take clients there and sometimes they'll just go there after work and discuss work. Um, but the idea is that when they have excess money to spend, they can go spend it at these uh, organizations. Whereas when the economy gets a little bit tighter, uh, this is one of the first things to go. It's a luxury expense. And we actually saw this. There's anecdotes and stories from 2007 and 2008 with the great financial crisis where strippers were actually telling their clients to sell their stocks months in advance of the actual stock crash because they had seen the uh, reduction in income, the lack of traffic from maybe these business people, and they've also maybe overheard these business people talking about how their companies were reacting uh, to the situation months prior to the actual crash. So these people do have their uh, fingers closer to the pulse. And I have a personal story on this, you know, working in a retail center, you know, a major big box uh, retail store, you know, to put myself through college, you know, I was closer to the pulse of the economy myself, and I could see how, you know, our freight was coming in and how we had more or less freight depending on the time of the year. And I could see how different departments were doing sales-wise. So I could see how certain, you know, departments were getting hit. You know, if it was a luxury good, maybe they were losing money and more money was going towards those basic needs like food. So being able to have your, clo uh, your pulse closer to the economy uh, can kind of give you an idea of what's going on. Now, it's a little bit hard to quantify maybe the stripper index unless you actually know someone that is an exotic dancer or works with one of these uh, organizations. Uh, but it's an idea uh, that you can see this months in advance. And maybe the better way to put this is that people that are uh, working in the maybe the blue collar economy or in some of the um, luxury sectors of the economy, they kind of see how things are going maybe a little bit earlier than people that maybe just aren't paying as close of attention. So going further, we have tipping. This is something that uh, George Gaiman brought up in one of his recent videos, and it's something I've thought about myself. It's the idea that, um, you know, I want to be very clear here. Uh, I'm not going after waiters or service industries where people typically receive tips. I think that's fine. What I'm more uh, concerned about is how we're seeing tipping uh, pop up across uh, businesses that typically it was never there, or maybe there's not any service provided. And the idea is that it's, uh, it's a way for businesses to maybe uh, pressure their customers into paying a little bit more money and giving them a little bit more money and maybe to offset some of those um, employment costs. Now, it doesn't mean that th these tips are necessarily replacing the money employers were paying as wages, but it means these employers don't have to pay additional money because of maybe some of the tips that are coming in. And, you know, I saw this I actually worked for a, um, a credit card processing company and a lot of our point of sale systems actually had the option to add tips and they would actually encourage it uh, to, to add tips. Um, these, these point of sale companies would encourage it to add the tip option uh, to every business to just, just to see if you could bring in more revenue. So it's, it's kind of an idea that's changed, especially over maybe the last five years or so. Um, you know, having the ability to do this on a machine instead of having to ask for it has really just been a way for companies to bring this excess money in. You know, typically, if you were in a place that maybe was a fast food restaurant, they might have a tip jar, something where maybe people could put their excess change. 
or if you really liked the service you were getting, you could put a tip in there, uh, maybe for the crew. But that was seen as more normal. But now even like gas stations and fast food restaurants where you get your own food from the counter and you get your own drink and that kind of thing, they're asking for tips in a way that we haven't seen before. So there seems to be an indicator um, that maybe the economy is heading in a negative direction when businesses are trying to get this excess money in a way that may make their uh, customers feel a little bit less comfortable. So I, I think this is just something worth bringing up. Um, it may not be one of the major indicators here, but I think it's something we should uh, consider. Then we have the Marine Ad Index. So what is this? Well, it's the idea that the Marine Corps in the United States actually changes the tone of their ads depending on recruitment numbers. And that's kind of a way to see maybe unemployment and just the general sentiment of the economy. So I looked at a couple of Marine Corps ads going back um, a couple of years ago. They did a, a kind of a cyberpunk themed ad. If you don't know what cyberpunk is, it's this video game that kind of happens in a dystopian future where everything's very... Um, electronic based there's a lot of computers and that kind of thing in the in the world so they did a, an ad kind of simulating that and then it kind of transitioned to show how the marines were just on top of technology and that you know being a marine had all of this um had this good stature and how you know it brings honor and how it's just this very nice thing to be a marine you get this nice uniform and it just makes you this part of this community and there's respect there so it's kind of a positive sentiment in this ad now remember this was two years ago Looking at the most recent Marine Corps ad, it's a lot different. It still has that technology aspect. They want to show that we're on the top of technology, um, but they're using drones to maybe scout out this building. And then they're sending that position of the building to uh, rocket artillery, which then blows up the building. So this is one of the more violent Marine uh, Corps recruitment ads that I've seen lately. And then it kind of goes on to show how Marines are tough and very hardcore. And so when they do this, it's showing that maybe they have more uh, recruitment opportunities and are trying to recruit maybe the stronger and the best people for the job rather than just trying to fill positions. And I'm not saying that, you know, people going to the Marines maybe aren't, aren't the strongest and best at all times, but it shows when they have a little bit more choice in the matter, they can maybe do those more hardcore commercials versus, um, you know, when, when they have a little bit less choice, maybe people aren't wanting to join the Marines, you know, they're going to be in the free, uh, the free market. In the, in the private sector, you know, they have to they have to show the job as a little bit higher position and, and show the job in a more positive light versus this more um, hardcore light. So looking at the marine ads that are coming out. So if you see these ads on social media, maybe just see what the sentiment or the tone of the ad that you see is. If it's, is it positive or is it more uh, maybe hardcore? If, it, if it's more hardcore, that means that we're maybe in a recession or heading towards one. So it's just a weird little index that has shown up um, over time, especially with like the 2008 financial crisis. We also have the necktie styles index. So what is the necktie style index? Well, it's the idea that men's neckties change um, depending on the economy. So in, in terms of a very positive and very strong economy, neckties tend to get a little bit wider and a little more colorful and, and crazier patterns because people are more secure in their job. You know, if they had to get a new job, they know they can. And it's a little strange to think about people putting that much thought into their necktie. And this is probably more of a subconscious decision, um, but it, it's something that shows up. And we have to remember as humans, uh, even though we think of ourselves as very rational and thoughtful creatures, we still display a lot of things on the outside. You know, there's some a lot of psychology that shows this. You know, maybe the way that we dress, we're trying to send a message. You know, we're trying to let people know, hey, I'm like you, or I like these things. You know, I might wear a, a certain band or, or a certain type of clothing. And maybe on my shirt that it's telling people what I like or what I'm into and it kind of self segregates us 
as humans. And, and it's a little bit harder to think about with ties, but as the economy goes into a negative uh, sentiment and, and jobs are becoming more scarce and employment opportunities are, are going away, men's neckties actually tend to get a little bit narrower and, and darker in color, less, less colorful and less patterned. Uh, less patterns are out there. So if you work in a, in a place where you see a lot of men wearing neckties, maybe take a look and see what those neckties are looking like. Have they changed over time? Uh, maybe your coworkers aren't wearing the same kind of ties. You know, think about that and see if you notice any changes here. This is something that especially shows up on like Wall Street and, and was a big indicator in the past. So it's just something kind of silly, um, but there's something to it. So think about that. Then there's also the men's underwear index. So if you don't know what that is, it's the idea that men's underwear is one of the first things to go in a recession. And if we look at uh, look at Hanes underwear, their stock prices are actually down 62% over the last year. So why do men's underwear, why is that one of the first things to go? Well, men's underwear is typically not as sexualized as maybe women's underwear is. So there's just a lot less thought maybe put into men's underwear. It has, it's not really seen as much. And... Um, you know, guys aren't showing off their underwear quite as much. So when men are looking at their underwear, well, it's not seen by anyone. So if it has a few holes in it, you know, what's the big deal? And they might put off buying underwear until maybe they get some for Christmas or maybe they just wait until next year because, you know, as long as it still does its job, it doesn't matter if it looks a little bit uh, maybe less appealing. So it's one of the first things to go just because of how uh, maybe frugal men are just psychologically or, or they just don't put a lot of value in this thing. So... You know, seeing that Hanes underwear is going down 62% over the last year, that can be an indicator that money is a little bit less tight, especially when we look at inflation going up and people are having to prioritize their dollars and underwear is just not where that priority lies. So it's kind of a strange index, but it, it shows up. So going a little bit further here, we have the lipstick index. Now this one's a little bit um, maybe similar to the stripper index, but you know, women spend a lot of money on maybe designer clothing, designer handbags, you know, when they're looking to spend their money, their excess money on, on something they want. Um, but when money kind of uh, becomes more scarce and you can't dedicate as much money to these designer clothing items, well, lipstick is very cheap, but it's a, it's a cheap makeup product. It's, a, it's a, just a cheap way that, you know, women can buy something um, maybe with their excess money for fun. They might buy different colors and that kind of thing. But whenever recessions hit, you know, lipstick prices, or not prices, but lipstick sales explode. Another thing that that could be is there, there's a lot of psychology, especially with like colors. Uh, if you want to look into that, you know, with human sexual psychology with the color red. So maybe women are, are wearing more red lipstick in the workplace, maybe to try to be more physically or, you know, visually appealing, maybe to try to secure their job a little bit more, maybe secure wages. And, and it's kind of a hard thing to think about, especially with today's mindset on, um, you know, the workplace and different things. But in the past, this has been a very good economic indicator of recession. And people typically maybe um, revert back to maybe a more basic um, mental status or psychology status. You know, we don't, if, if you don't have as much money, it's a little bit harder to think about maybe equality issues and that kind of thing. So I don't want to, you know, step on toes here with the lipstick index, but it has shown out. So if you're in a retail space where you can see maybe uh, makeup sales, if they're, if they're shooting up, that could be a sign of a, an indicator of a re economic recession. So going on a little bit further, we have Swiss watch exports. So kind of the same thing with the lipstick index and maybe reverse is that maybe men, they're not buying designer handbags, but they're buying maybe designer watches or very uh, expensive luxury watches. 
and this is very strange that or, or very interesting to me that we've seen that uh, there's an article from Bloomberg that came out just two days ago that Swiss watch exports in the U.S. fall for the first time in over two years. So uh, over the last couple of years, Swiss watches have been, um, you know, have been, been imported increasingly in number, and that people are buying these luxury goods. But now money's a little bit tighter, and they're not buying these watches. So this is a very good indicator um, that money is being squeezed and the economy is going downhill. And just a personal anecdote, I actually bought a Swiss watch at a pawn shop the other day. Now, it's just a Tissot. It's, it's a very cheap watch uh, compared to the Swiss watches. It's not a Rolex or anything. I didn't spend a lot of money on it. But I got it for about 20% of its retail value. So 20% of MS MSRP, which is a considerable deal for, for a watch like that. Uh, typically, watches don't sell that far below um, you know, MSRP. And it was worn maybe one time. It was a very nice watch and uh, a very expensive watch uh, by my standards. But you know, nothing, nothing compared to a Rolex. But the idea that this watch was on sale for 20% of its MSRP... Uh, kind of stood out to me and I, and I, and I picked up the watch, but um, the, the idea that somebody had to sell, maybe there was a several watches very similar to it there, that someone had sold a bunch of these watches to the pawn shop um, for, for considerably lower than they paid for them. And I think that's very, uh, maybe a very telling sign that people are selling these luxury goods at, at very low prices because they are strapped for cash and the demand for these luxury goods is falling. So you can look at Swiss watch exports, uh, to see that you know the economy is going downhill. So we've looked at several different economic indicators today that are kind of on the fringe of society or they're maybe a little um, little strange to think about. There's a lot more. These are just some of the ones that stood out to me. Um, but you can look into this some more. But I think it's very good to, to look at these outside indicators that maybe we can see with our own eyes instead of having to rely on government statistics because those statistics can be manipulated and there's an incentive to manipulate those statistics, right? Because the governments want money and, um, you know, everyone has their own motivations. So when we're looking at these indicators, um, these these ones we're looking at today, um, you know, people really don't have uh, a way to, to, to manipulate these. these. You know, people can't force uh, people to wear different size neckties or that kind of thing if they're trying to manipulate these stats. So these are really good ways you can kind of see in your day-to-day -day life of how the economy is going. So keep these all in mind. And I, I had a lot of fun making this video and looking into this stuff. So in conclusion, you know, we're looking at these different indicators and these kind of go hand in hand with government indicators. So if you kind of, um, in, in a lot of ways, these strange indicators are the canary in the coal mine. So the canaries, you know, the, the idea there is that canaries um, need lots of oxygen. And if oxygen dips below a certain point, humans can still be okay. Um, but the canary will unfortunately pass away and so they would use these canaries in coal mines and if the canary passed away it meant that the, the miners needed to get out of the mine uh, because oxygen levels were, were depleting or maybe there's toxic gases in there but so we're kind of seeing these canaries in the economic coal mine where if, if things are going downhill like swiss watches and lipstick lipstick sales are going up and men's underwear is going down you know we're seeing these uh, these canaries in the coal mine um, going down maybe before we see economic indicators going down. You know, we, we haven't seen sharp rises in unemployment yet, so maybe it just hasn't happened yet, or the government could be manipulating stats to potentially delay that showing up. You know, it's hard to say, but when we're seeing looking with our own eyes and we see something, we should really take that into account and, and not look at the um, the indicators, because sometimes uh, maybe the if, if your gas shows full uh, on, on your car and that gauge is showing full, 
um, but your car's out of gas, you know, the gauge can be broken. Sometimes the, the dials and the indicators get broken, um, but your car's still out of gas. So we're looking at the physical things rather than these, uh, these charts here, and we're seeing uh, quite a lot in the economy. So I think personally, the economy is going downhill, and people should prepare for that. You know, watch other videos on this channel if you want to learn how to best you know, position yourself maybe for a decline in the economy, and go ahead and check out my website. That's something I've, I've been working on a lot lately. So thegenzeconomist.com, that's genzeconomist.com. I got some articles up there for you. We got my podcast that's published there as soon as they come out. And there's just a lot of good stuff on there. So if you want, go ahead and check out the uh, genzeconomist.com for more. I really hope you liked this, uh, this episode of the show today. If you did, leave a like, you know, leave a rating. I really appreciate it. And uh, thank you for watching.